Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What is up? Jeremy Rushing hanging out with you. We have now reached episode 35. When we started this thing back in May, I, I, I didn't know how many episodes we'd last, to be honest. I mean, how many podcasts kind of phase out after 5, 10, 15, 25 episodes. Here we are going strong, episode 35, and that is all thanks to those of you who listen. So whether this is your first time listening to 10,000 Pitches or you've now hung out with us for all 35 episodes, which I don't know why you would, but if you have, thank you so, 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 so much. Uh, for continuing to lend us your ears and giving us an opportunity to be in uh, be in your podcast feed, your long, long podcast feed, because uh, if it's anything like mine, there's, you know, 9, 10, 11 podcasts in there, and I never get to all of them. So the fact that you've gotten to us uh, again, uh, we appreciate that so much. If you have not yet subscribed, that's the best way to get notified when we drop a new episode, but also uh, it just it helps our placement. The more subscribers we have, you know, whether it's on PodMN or it's on Apple or it's on Spotify, it just lets the platform know that we're more relevant and that that people like us and that people want to listen to us. So it'll kind of feature us a little bit more on those platforms. So please hit that, hit that subscribe button. Also, rating and reviewing is huge for our placement on those platforms as well. So if you've not yet rated or reviewed the podcast, uh, I kindly ask that you do that as well. Um, you can also follow us on the, all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at 10K Pitches, far more active on Twitter than we are the others. Uh, I'd say second is probably Instagram and then uh, a far third is Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, sorry, we're not too active on there. Uh, but Twitter is where, uh, where you can interact with us most. And then uh, uh, also Instagram as well. If you want to go back and listen to some of our more recent interviews, we've had some great guests on the podcast to kick off 2021. Just last week, we talked to Twin City Soul Futsal Chief Visionary Officer Mario Wimberly, an awesome conversation with him. Uh, recently, we've had on Night Street Soccer and Coffee co-founder Derek Swanson. And then earlier in January, we spoke with uh, Karen Football Association founder Kyle Johnson and then a couple players from Karen FA2. So a lot of great interviews. Go back and listen to those if you have not yet. But today on the show, uh, great guest. Talk with Tori Burnett. She's Gopher Women's Soccer alum and the current assistant coach at Minneapolis City, McAllister College, uh, Tonka Fusion Elite, Fusion Soccer Academy. It seems like she's, uh, she's kind of everywhere in the Minnesota soccer scene. So it was very awesome to talk with her. And recording here on Wednesday, we actually talked to her on National Women in Sports Day too. So uh, I did not plan that to be honest, but it was kind of cool to talk to her on this day. And uh, she had mentioned that and talked a little bit about that during our interview as well. So that's coming up in a little bit, but before that, got to talk with my buddy, Ethan Brandt. Ethan's here. Ethan, how you doing, man? Long time, no talk. Hello. Hello. I'm back. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we've know. talked off air quite a bit, but this is our first time uh, talking on air in quite a while. Yeah. You know, it is, it's great to be back. I, uh, I, uh, I'm blessed to be back on the pod hashtag blessed what have you been up to recently man um you know same old same old uh i uh i got a parking ticket the other day oh, um man. so uh, uh venmo will be in the description of this pod so <laughs> send, send over whatever you can um yeah ethan's a struggling college student so uh if you can help him pay that parking ticket that'd be appreciated um i uh it snowed uh yeah it was it's one of those things where you can't park on certain streets during certain times like they do in minneapolis and st paul did you get caught in one of those yeah let me so um we have alternate side parking on mondays and tuesdays so difficult to keep track of and then but 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 we had a snow emergency and uh 
And so the rules change, but I don't know where to to find those rules. So I got a parking ticket. Um, But also on top of that, I like like due to the snow emergency, I had to to shovel my car out. And, you know, I'm a I'm a cushy, uh, cushy city boy um, who's always parked in a driveway. So I've never really done that before. Uh, It took me like 45 minutes to get my car like unshoveled. It's. uh, Dude, shoveling out your car, especially if you're plowed in, is just the worst experience. Like two years ago, or it was like, it might have been three years ago now, it snowed like a foot and a half in April. And I was uh, I was living in Loring Park, Minneapolis at the time, and I just did the street parking. And, uh, and I got plowed in, and I had to go to work the next day. And so I had to shovel myself out, and I didn't have a shovel. So I had to like find somebody who was just finishing up shoveling their car out and ask them to borrow their shovel and like get their phone number so I could text them when I was done. So they get their shovel back. And man, I swear it took me almost two hours to, to shovel myself out. Like the snow was up to the handle of the car door. And what, uh, what sure kind of car were you driving back in the day? I was driving of- a 2006 Saturn ion. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, and it's a small car, but still it's pretty, pretty significant uh, height of snow there. And I'm pretty sure to this day, I'm pretty sure the only reason I was able to actually get out uh, is because the car in front of me conveniently had, you know, they had finished shoveling their car out and they made a little nice, uh, nice path for me to follow uh, out of the out of the little snowbank there. So but yeah, that was that was a pretty terrible experience. So I feel your pain. Yeah, I did. I just Googled the Saturn Ion. Yeah, that's that's not getting out of three inches of snow. There's no, no way. No, you should you should um, have, you should have seen me trying to drive in the winter with that thing. First of all, first of all, I'm pretty sure the Saturn Ion, and I think that particular year of the Saturn Ion was voted like well, not voted, but it was like the least safe, like had the worst safety rating of like any car that was made at that time. So like, <laughs> it's not designed for like you know nice cushy winter driving. For sure. So it was, it was a struggle, but I kind of miss that car sometimes because I, I paid it off and I, pay, I paid it off in college. So like I had no car payment for like six or seven years. It's pretty awesome. That it's uh that that feels like the ultimate like early two thousands car. Like looking at it, like that's the one. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a nice looking car, but it was just you know it had a lot of issues and you know pain in the ass in the in the winter and all that good stuff. So. What are, you, what are you driving now, Jeremy? What are you driving? Now? I'm driving a 2012 Nissan Murano, and it's a fantastic vehicle. Yeah, I'm, it's four wheel. It's or I guess all wheel drive. They they the people get really really specific about four wheel drive versus all wheel drive, and to this day I still don't know the difference. So I need to specify all wheel drive. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's nice. You know, I you know got two kids, so it's nice and spacious to haul them around. And of course, it's, it's a definite dad vehicle. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It looks like the ultimate dad car. Like, you, you know, um, you can, you can fit two kids in the, in the back seat and then a stroller in the, in, in the, in the back part of it, you know, in the trunk part. So it's how, good. how's the interior? How's the interior? Like what kind of features you got heated seats? Uh, heated seats is a feature. Ooh. Okay. Uh, All got, right. Uh, I don't have, it doesn't have the Bluetooth, but it has a little, uh, little plug in for your iPod or, you know, your phone or whatever you want to listen to music on. So that's all right. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's got a, it's got a double, moonroof so that's whoa. pretty sweet whoa whoa something whoa. i never really take advantage of but it's there and it's cool to say it has yeah it's cool, cool to brag about uh, uh right, and, 
yeah i don't know it's just it's just it's just a nice little car man like i i drive around in the winter just fine i'm all the way out in cottage grove now so it's quite the hike to the kids uh kids daycare and stuff which is still in oakdale so uh it just you know gas mileage is pretty good and, and it How- runs pretty well i've had no issues since i got it which was almost uh we're pushing more than more than two years ago that i got it and i've really never had to take it in for anything more than just an oil change and one time my like tire pressure monitor sensor was like acting up so other than that it's been it's been good all right hey and you know i'm i'm guessing because you can probably get uh zero apr financing for the first eight months and free roadside assistance for the first year if you purchase now so yeah nissan uh, go for it hey nissan throw a couple bucks our way any Nissan dealerships in the Twin Cities throw throw a couple bucks our way for uh, for promoting the 2012 Nissan Murano because it's a quality vehicle. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, and it sounds like it. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you moved. Uh, how's how's that going? How how how's the neighbors? How's, neighbors uh... are good. I'm 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 not off on the right foot in terms of my presence in the neighborhood though. Uh, and I'll tell you why. So we moved in. And the, the guy we bought the house from told us, and it, it was actually in writing that we like, he, he, like he paid for like winter snow removal. Cause he was an older guy and that we still had the snow removal for the rest of the winter, like paid for it. Uh, Cause he had paid for it before the winter started. And so when we moved, we moved in like the middle of a blizzard. This was like in mid January when there was that blizzard we moved on that day, go figure. Um, and so snow and you know slush and ice was piling up on the driveway, but we were like, you know what? No worries. We got snow removal. They'll come and take care of it. Well, then like two, three, four, five days go by, nothing's happening. So we reached out. The snow removal company went out of business and nobody Oof. thought to tell us. So there is like a good inch or two of ice on our driveway. And like, I was able to shovel the snow off, but this ice like was not moving. Like I've probably gotten like a third of it off the driveway in like the first three weeks that we lived in this house. Uh, so I by far have the worst looking driveway in the neighborhood and I hate it. Is, is that a thing that like, is that a thing that homeowners like, well, you don't want to be that guy that has like the, the crappy driveway that like, doesn't, doesn't take care of his driveway. You know, you don't want to be that guy. You know, the people like, you know, you're, you're going by all these driveways that are like perfectly shoveled and like nothing on them, not a spot on them. And then you go by our house and it's just covered in ice. And it's like, I know people are judging us, especially because we recently moved in. They're like, oh, oh, they're these, this young family who are too lazy to take care of their own driveway. That's what I know. That's what they think. You know, I guess, you know, I guess that's like, if you told me that for like, for like your yard, you know, then I'd, I'd, I'd believe you but uh driveway i didn't i didn't know that was a thing um it's just and and it would be fine if like there were other driveways in the neighborhood that looked like that but ours is literally the only one is there a is there a homeowners association that like There's you're part not, of now? no no hoa here which is honestly I, I prefer it that way like so i uh i didn't know this as like a kid like where i grew up but like we were part of like a homeowners association like retrospectively i would really like to be part of that just like in an attempt to just rip rip it apart you know like <laughs> just to like spread just like join an hoa just to gut it from the inside right like just to like not pay like my fee and like spread some rumors about what you know <laughs> nancy did at like the 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 
cookout and you know oh, like really God. just really just dig into the uh the homeowners association but um yeah i'm no longer we're no longer part of one because we moved as well so i'm like pretty disappointed <laughs> um are you on uh, next door like do you have the next door app we do yeah i don't know how to change my address on the next door app because we had it for the last house we were at and we're still getting like notifications for that neighborhood um i don't check it very often ashley does because she likes you know buying like free stuff uh of course who, who doesn't so like she she checks it quite often but like she hasn't really figured out how to change her address on it so uh but yeah I, I guess i've used it a little bit um i think like the one of my favorite like instagram accounts is like the the next door stories account right yeah that's, like, what, that's the, what the I was people who at. like post some like crazy stuff on next door i love that i yeah i i love next door like like as far as social media like platforms go next door is like number two like behind Twitter, like it is. There's some of the funniest like stuff on Nextdoor. Agreed. I uh, I I love Nextdoor. I'm very pro Nextdoor. Not for yeah. like anything serious, obviously. Ten thousand like, pitches is officially a pro Nextdoor podcast. Put it yeah. in writing. Once again, hashtag ad uh, Nextdoor. Um, <laughs> but that that's like another good place, like to spread rumors and like like I haven't done it yet, but I'm like I'm like really count. I, I'm not even worried about fake. Like I'm really leaning into just like start spreading like fake like alien stuff and just like see who buys into it. Like I do more people who comment be like, oh, I saw it too. That, that's the goal. That's He's the goal. right. Um, yeah, that that's that's what I'm looking for. So like, I guess like once I get bored, I'll probably just start doing that. That'd be funny, I think. Um, well, enough talk about driveways and apps and aliens we need to uh talk about our little partnership here with spam fc so ethan you have been hard at work on the back end creating some of this awesome merchandise so tell the people about uh what's going on and where they can get it yeah uh you know me and the design team we've been we've been we've been in the lab we've been cooking <laughs> ethan um, is the design team guys as the so kids you know. say no, no 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 don't don't do that to the design team we, we got a <laughs> lot of hard workers back there um but yeah so uh, yeah, like you said, like we've been partnering with Spam, partnering with Spam FC out of St. Louis Park, which is what Spam stands for. Yeah, they've been great. They're really awesome. And obviously they're, you know, they're doing really great things in the community. So, um, you know, by, uh, you know, making a purchase, right? Like you are getting like a tangible product, obviously, but you are, you know, helping them uh, help the community, I guess, in turn, you know, between the scholarship fund and just giving people the opportunity to continue playing. They're a great group. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of designs up there, uh, new designs always coming out. Um, if you're interested in that, stay tuned and locked into our socials and spam socials to, uh, yeah, stay up to date on the new stuff. Um, also because you're a listening to this pod right now, you can get 10% off with code pod that is p-o-d not the band and p-o-d not youth of a nation p-o-d pod p-o-d didn't know that was a band but then on top yeah, of that so young gosh then on band p-o-d no idea look them up as soon as we're done here yep yep and i'll write the write the actual ad instead of just doing this um so then on top of that hoodies are currently 20% off on the store. I believe that discount is in cart. So once you add it to the cart, 
the discount. Yeah, you don't have to do up. anything extra for the hoodie discount. I also, I don't think you can combine the pod, the, the pod discount and the hoodie discount. I don't think they can be combined. You can try it, but I don't think they can be combined. Right. But, but yeah, so go check that out right now. Um, like I said, like a lot of new stuff added since initial launch. If that's the last time you checked out the site and then uh, more stuff in the pipeline, spam FC, great, great people. Great place. Where, where do the people go to buy the merch, Ethan? Okay. Uh, we will, first of all, it'll be linked in the show notes. That's right. Shop spam Perfect. Wonderful ad read, Ethan. Very, I mean, I guess it wasn't really an ad read because we're just talking about a partnership we have, but that was an excellent, excellent uh, little promo there. I'm, I'm proud of you. So let's get into some actual soccer news, some actual soccer talk here, Ethan. Enough with the driveway talk and the alien talk. Uh, yeah. The 2021 Lower League E-Cup still happening. They're in the knockout stages now, which is really kind of the nitty gritty. This is where we, this is where, uh, we separate the... Uh, the really good FIFA players from the kind of good FIFA players, I guess. Um, a lot of teams still in locally too, across all divisions. I don't have the, the bracket up in front of me. So I, I, there's a lot of different divisions, but uh, spam FC is still in it Ford Madison, still in it. Minneapolis city, still in it. Dynamo FC, St. Cloud is still in it. Valor is still in it. So um, a lot of Bateau. local clubs that are still competing. Bateau, Bateau FC. Bateau FC is still in it. Yes. Uh, Hayward United um, over in uh, Wisconsin is still involved as well. So a lot of, uh, a lot of teams here in Minnesota, but also in Wisconsin that are still going strong in the lower league cup and competing in the knockout rounds. Unfortunately, by the time this podcast airs at the time of recording, the knockout rounds have not started yet. We're recording this on Wednesday night, by the time it drops on Friday morning, the first night of the knockout rounds will actually be over. So a few of the teams we're talking about may unfortunately be eliminated. Hopefully not. Hopefully they all win, but, uh, so, but go to Lower League E-Cup's Twitch account. Go to LowerLeagueEcup.com. Follow them on Twitter at Lower League E-Cup. Um, get all the latest information and news on the 2021 Lower League E-Cup. This has been fascinating. I don't know if you've caught any of it, Ethan, but I've watched a, a few matches. Um, and it's just the, the presentation of it and the professionalism of it. Like you would think this is something that like, you know, EA Sports was putting together themselves or, you know, some high level media company was putting together themselves because the way it's organized, it's fantastic. Yeah. EA sports man it's in the game um but um but uh but yeah no I heard uh I I get okay probably bad podcasting here um I heard uh MPLS city has like commentators that seems cool um yes, yes they do it's awesome but John, um yeah yeah of the a couple of the guys the same guys that do the people's pitch podcast um John Nate they uh actually like commentate on some of the games so it's yeah it's cool they actually have like play-by-play it's awesome that is awesome yeah, they uh, literally they hate they got a nice jersey as well. Have yeah, their jersey. Yeah, so if you want to support the lower league e cup, um, definitely go and check them out. Check out their website. Like I said, check them out on Twitter. Uh, they they created a kit similar to what we did uh, earlier in August. You know, we did it before it was cool, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet what they have. So go check them out if you want to support the lower league e cup and get yourself a pretty. Uh, pretty sweet soccer jersey in the process yeah i'm on their twitter right now i'm looking at it just hit the link it's loading it's loading yep they have size small up to triple xl available so sweet. there you go lower league cup there good, you go good jersey good a lot jersey. of ways to support lower league soccer 
I'm just, just throwing that out there. So uh, if you if you're looking to do that, uh, shopspamfc.com, lowerthegeekup.com, you know, just uh, just just support because uh, you know a lot of good things happening in the lower in the lower league soccer space for sure. All right, forward Madison. Now, you know, we want to obviously focus a lot on stuff that's happening in Minnesota, but forward Madison is actually making a lot of headlines. So I kind of want to run through these. Um, last time you were on the show, Ethan, we brought up the fact that uh, they have a cow or they had a, they, they have a cow that they hadn't named yet. And now they have named the cow. Um, it's Rose Cowbell, similar to Rose Lavelle. Um, she, of course, she played at UW Madison and now a mainstay on the U.S. Women's National Team and Manchester City. Um, and so they named the cow, or I guess they had the fans vote on what the name was going to be. And the winner was Rose Cowbell. And Rose Lavelle actually quote tweeted Forward Madison in their announcement that the name was when it was a finalist. And she said, to say this would be an honor is an understatement. So she actually interacted. And I'm sure that's what helped kind of propel the name over the line and becoming the actual name. But very cool that somebody, uh, you know, of Rose's stature and where she sits in the, you know, the U.S. women's soccer team would A, notice that and B, sort of comment on it was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Um, on that note, do you, do you know any other famous cows? Famous cows? Yeah, fictional or, yeah, any famous fictional ca- cattle you can name off the top of your head? <sighs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure there's some. Are you are you like are they like quizzing me here? Like, do you know the answer? Like, I I'm, I might have gone to the Wikipedia page. How about uh how about a little ox by the name of Babe the Blue Babe Ox? Babe the Blue Ox. Okay, uh, okay. You had me thinking cows, and I know you said cattle, but my mind did not go to ox at that point. So, uh, or I guess oxen would be the plural. But uh, yeah. Uh, so there's there's Babe. Uh, I. Famous cattle. Um, there's obviously there's obviously popular cow, uh, Doobie Doobie Moo, which is a children's book that was released in 2006. Is that like a ripoff of like Scooby Dooby Doo? That's what I was thinking it was. But like, then it sounds I like clicked, a total ripoff. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. But then I clicked the Scooby Doo link, and it's like a book, and there's like three cows singing. Uh, so that didn't go the direction I wanted it to. Uh, um, and all the other names aren't that like aren't that interesting i don't know okay milk a cow that seems interesting uh more forward madison news though moving on from the cow uh their center back josiah trimmingham actually i don't know if you saw this captained the trinidad and tobago national team during their match with the u.s last weekend which is pretty cool that the fact that he captained a national team but to do it against the u.s and kind of have that sort of uh, exposure because obviously a lot of people watch the U.S. men's national team. So the fact that he was kind of featured in that match on the opposite side, that's that's awesome. That somebody at Ford Madison kind of had that exposure. Yeah, that that is that's crazy. And like, I guess it just really shows you know kind of the talent uh, at that level, which at USL yeah. League One, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, fortunately, he did come off with an injury in the 31st minute or 51st minute, excuse me. Uh, and on Instagram, he actually revealed he received a concussion and something to his knee too, some knee issue. Uh, but it was still, like I said, extremely cool to see somebody represent the Mingos on that kind of stage. And a uh, final piece of Ford Madison news here, the uh, former former Mingo defender Brian Reynolds, who most recently played for FC Dallas in the MLS, is actually heading to AS Roma in uh, Syria over in Italy. Um, so you have 
a current Ford Madison player captaining the Trinidad and Tobago national team, a former Ford Madison player heading over to play in Syria. Uh, just uh, and then you have Rose Lavelle interacting with Ford Madison on Twitter after you know uh, being a finalist in the cow naming contest. Just a lot of uh, a lot of things coming up Ford Madison this week. And and uh, just to clarify, because you didn't, uh, Brian Reynolds, not to be confused with Ryan Reynolds. Okay, yeah, I should have made that clarification. Yes, the uh, the famous actor who did not used to play for Forward Madison is not heading to Syria to play for AS Roma. Confirmed. Yep, just wanted to clear that up. I'm glad we got that clarification. That's what no you're false for. information coming from 10K. You're here. You're here to fact check us, and I like that. I like that. That's right. Boom. Uh, that's right. And the last piece of news uh, is, isn't necessarily Minnesota soccer related or even lower league soccer related, but it was just something different that I wanted to make sure got got uh, got commented on. Uh, the Philadelphia Union actually unveiled uh, a secondary kit that they're going to wear this season, and it's very different from the cookie cutter MLS kits that you see. It's actually really cool and creative. So um, go check them out on Twitter if you want uh, to see it, but this is actually like the first of its kind that I've actually seen in MLS. Cause you know, MLS has the Adidas deal and all the kits kind of look the same and everybody's got to have a white kit. And it's like, it's just, it's very, very uncreative. Well, the union actually found a way to create something that actually, uh, it's very lower league-esque in its creativity, to be honest. And uh, I, it's something I would not expect to see from an MLS club, but I mean that in the best way possible because it looks awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. it uh, it's, uh, it's fan-designed. It's uh, yeah. their, their tagline on it, by the community, of the community, for the community. Um, yeah, I think it's a great look. I like it a lot. Yeah, and people might respond saying, oh, what about the Minnesota United wing kit? Like, yeah, that was cool but it also wasn't creative. Like a, it's something people have been calling for for years. B it was, you know, a kit that they had back when they were the NASL and they just kind of put the wing shadow on their existing gray kit. So I'm not going to give them much credit for the wing kit. It looks all right, but I'm not, I'm not going to call it creative. Definitely not near the creativity level that the union, uh, you know, uh, or whoever the, the fan who created the kit, um, you know, put in to, to develop it. Cause it, like I said, it looks great. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Have you ever you ever been to Philadelphia, Jeremy? I have not been to Philly. I guess I've been on a I was on a train ride one time from DC to New York uh, when my family and I were on vacation, uh, and That's Philadelphia cool. is one of the train stops. But I didn't like step out or or go or anything. Yeah, I uh, I went to Philly once, uh, and yeah. uh, I saw a uh, Sixers Cavs game. Cool. Uh, That's when LeBron was on the Cavs. Okay. And. Uh, um, uh, who, who's the famous Are you talking like director? LeBron's like first go around back in like second 2005 go or like go his second go around. Okay. Yeah. Second one, second one. Um, and, uh, who's the famous direct director from Philly? Uh, oh, God. Shyamala. M. Night Shyamalan. Dur- yeah. Is that him? Yeah, or did you sure say that? Philly. Director from, I'm Googling it right yeah, now. Yeah. He's from, director. he's from, he's from Philly. Okay. You had it. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Let me let me make sure it's him. Uh, well, I don't know. From, I think I'm looking him. at his IMDb right now. He's from Philly, so even if even if it's not him, you're still correct. Anyway, okay, yeah, true. So I think it was him though. He like rang the bell before the games. That was sick. Like I got to see him ring the bell. Um, 
And then LeBron had like this nasty dunk on Ursan Ilyasova, who I think like our Wisconsin listeners will know a little better than our Minnesota listeners, but it was, it was disgusting. The Cavs wanted it. It was super cool. Um, nice. And any, and I, I did other Philly stuff. I don't know if I, if you want me to go on like a full Philly thing. Do they have right like, uh, like the same bar, like a bar that's like inspired by the bar from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Do they have something like that? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, oh, I, okay. Last, last thing for my Philly thing, uh, Philly, uh, talk. Please um, keep going. This is fascinating. The day, the day so the day I, af- like, I got there in the afternoon, that morning, uh, was the Villanova championship parade from when they, like, won the tournament. Um, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that just, like, nutty, like, yeah, the, like, one of the best the college basketball championship games of all time. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you do know the one. Um, like that, uh, that, um, that like parade happened like literally hours before I got there. Like I saw like hmm. the remains of it. It was, I was so disappointed. I missed it. Um, just confetti everywhere and empty alcohol bottles probably and puke as far as the eye can see on the street. Probably. Exactly. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> sure it was. I, uh, also, I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, I'm a Raptors fan. So like Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry went to Villanova. So I'm like, I'm like pro Villanova, you know? Nice. Also like my, like our, once again, our Wisconsin list, listeners, like Dante DiVincenzo, I think he was on that championship team. So. Cool. And that was basketball talk with Ethan. We should just make that a segment. If I feel like in some way, shape or form, anytime you're on, we always end up talking basketball, like almost yeah, just I, as much basketball as we do soccer. I love hoops, man. Hey, speaking of which, uh, Freddie Van Vliet, 54 Raptors franchise, like all time high. I said that weird, but you got the gist. He Last scored night. 54 points and he's like the first ever undrafted. Like he's got the yeah. most, most points ever by an undrafted player, right? In the game. That's right. That's right. Bet on yourself, baby. Fred Van Vliet. Um, I, I love Fred, man. I, I love Fred. Um, he, uh, he's awesome. Perfect. Uh, you, well, do you know who held that record before Fred by chance? I saw I, as tweet, far as, but I can't remember who it was. I know it's been a while. No, I, I meant for Raptors franchise. Record. Oh, no, probably Vince Carter, right? He had it. He had it at one point. Yeah. Are, is this worth doing? Like what, are, what are the odds? We, like I saw a Twitter account on, so this, this will make sense. This will make sense. Bear with, bear with. I saw a Twitter account on today that was like, like Minnesota's part of Canada. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I saw that too. Yeah, I think you probably liked it. That's why I saw it probably. Like, and I thought that was hilarious. And like, yeah. I, I proudly uh, embrace my Canadian heritage. Um, but so I got to believe like, there's got to be at least one semi-Raptors fan listening to this right now, right? I mean, I don't know. Our, our audience base is uh, is growing. So I guess by the day, I guess there's more of a chance that a Raptors fan's listening. I don't know if I would call it a good chance at this point, but it's I guess there, there's, there's always a chance. I Okay, anyway, so I guess so I guess now let's bring it back to but uh, before this, it was it was DeMar DeRozan. Oh, cool. Did you know DeMar DeRozan? I so I obviously I pay attention to the NBA. So I know who DeMar DeRozan is. Oh, okay. uh, but my 
biggest beef with DeMar DeRozan is this kid in my freshman year of college dorm. We'd play 2K all the time, and he would yeah. always be the Raptors and just eviscerate me with DeMar DeRozan. Like, it was yeah, he, insane. Like, he would drop, like, 60 on me just with DeRozan every single yeah, he, time, and it was so annoying. He's a, he's a great player. Anyway. Um, all right. We, we got to stop talking basketball here. We just have to. Wait, should we do it for the T-Wolves, though? Sure. All right, Wolves talk. Like, let's 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 talk about the Wolves real quick. I was gonna. Okay, I got a I got a fun one. I got a fun one. Okay. Okay. Where I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a random statistical category for leaders for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and you just gotta give me the play. All right. Can we do this in the future, but make it soccer related, please? Like, I can you uh, come with like trivia questions or something that that are actually like soccer related next time. Yeah. Well. We got to branch out. We got to branch out. You know what I mean? I understand. I understand. We got to branch out, but we're okay. okay. Just, just go, just go. All right. Give me it. Um, okay. The easy one, uh, minutes played for the wolves, like all time Yeah, for the wolves, for the wolves all time. Is it somebody like Wally Zerbiak? Kevin Garnett. I told okay. you it was an easy See, one. that was too easy though. Like obviously Garnett's the first name that comes to mind, but I, I didn't want to go that route. Cause it seemed like too easy. Okay. Continue. Um, all right. This is fun. Three-point field goal attempts. Attempts? We were just talking about Canadians. Just talking about Canadians. That should help. It, it, it should, but it's, nothing's really registering. Uh, uh, play, play to Kentucky. Oh, car, Cat? Uh, uh, other, other guy from Kentucky. No, wait. I might have that wrong. Cat's uh, not Canadian, that. is he? No, he's not. You you were wrong. You were wrong. Okay. But it was it was Andrew Wiggins. Oh, Wiggy. Wiggy. Okay. Got it. He's from he's he played at Kentucky, right? Kansas. I, that's what I meant. Sorry. I, I, I set you up for failure. Gosh. My bad. You can't um, even do this right. I know. I kind of messed that up. They're 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 both blue. I don't watch a lot of college sports. Um okay. Uh last one. Um steals per game currently on the wolves. Rubio. Uh, Rubio. All right. All right. All right. That was fun. One was for fun. three. Should and and two I kind of three because KG came exactly to mind. Um, although yeah. we're not count- counting the second one. So I was technically one for two should have been two for two. Cause you, yeah, I kind of stitched you on that. Maybe a wrong clue. So we're, we're not going to count that. Let's actually get to an interview where I actually talked about soccer with somebody. Okay. It's current <laughs> Minneapolis city, McAllister college, Tonka Fusion Elite and Fusion Soccer Academy assistant coach, Tori Burnett. Great conversation here. Hope you enjoy it. All right, now it's time to welcome in somebody I have wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time, so I'm very happy that she's joining us this week. It's former Gopher women's soccer player and current assistant coach at Minneapolis City, McAllister College, Fusion Soccer Academy, and Tonka Fusion Elite. Did I get all those right, Tori? You nailed them, all four. Tori Burnett is on the show this week. Tori, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. It's it's good to actually talk to you. Usually I'm just listening to you through my AirPods. So this is a good <laughs> good switch for me. Well, like I said, we're very, very grateful that you're taking the time and we're, and we're happy to have you on. So um, we'll get into kind of your playing and coaching career at the collegiate and, and now your current coaching positions here in a minute. But first, I kind of want to uh, generally ask, you know, how you got how did you get involved in soccer? How old were you and what was sort of that youth participation like for you? Yeah, you know, like every kid, I think soccer was was the first sport my parents just kind of threw me in. 
Um, and it ended up sticking more than, more than the others. Um, I was really fortunate to have an awesome youth experience. Um, you know, we started at rec, had the cool purple jerseys with the old school Umbro shorts, you know, all that mm. stuff. And, um, love it. Love it. My, my parents had to tie, um, stuffed animals to the goal that we were attacking so that we wouldn't score on ourselves. So <laughs> That's such very, a great idea. I have a, right? not to like, cut you off, Tori, I have a four-year-old. She just started her first year of soccer. And, you know, with, with, with girls that age, it's just sort of like follow the ball, follow the ball, follow the ball, and then yes, kick it towards soccer. the goal that's closest to you. Yeah. So maybe putting a few stuffed animals or maybe a few Barbies on the, on the goal that they're actually right? shooting towards might actually help. Yeah. A candy bar, like whatever there you, you got to do to incentivize them, you know, to go Perfect. the right way. So Absolutely. yeah, I, <laughs> That was hilarious. Uh, my parents were super supportive. I was really lucky. My first coach was a female, which is so, so rare these awesome. days. Um, yeah. And she was just the best, like constantly telling us how, how capable we were and how awesome we all were. Um, so I was very lucky that I started um, with a really empowering female coach. Um, mm. Shout out Nancy, Nancy Dar. She's the best. Um, yeah. And so then through that, I just kept moving up. I stayed in the same club my whole career, which is also something that you don't see these days. Um, but that was something really special for me, just growing mm -hmm. up with the same girls, getting to play with the same coaches. Um, I had a coach. She was our, our director of coaching and she totally transformed the club. Um, she was the captain of the uh, Welsh national team and oh, just wow. somehow found herself in Colorado. Um, Interesting. Completely transformed the club raised a lot of really good division one players. Um, she's now the head coach at LSU. So oh, Sean Hudson is, is a boss and she, wow. she absolutely changed a lot of our lives. And again, so I, my youth career was, was filled with studded, amazing female coaches. And, and I really didn't understand how lucky I was um, until, mm. you know, now I'm on the, on the backside of it. And 90% of the time when I'm coaching, it's against men. So um, yeah. it's, it's fascinating that that was kind of my journey. And I, I, I guarantee that part of that played a, played a role in why I'm, I'm here in coaching right now. Um, so yeah, I was very lucky, had really good teammates. Uh, we won a couple of high school championships. We won a couple of state championships in Colorado, uh, which was so much fun. Um, I primarily played center back, sometimes outside back if, if they thought I was fast enough that day. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time in Colorado for sure. And it's amazing how much kind of your own development can really be attributed to the the role models and the people you have to look up to as you're, you know, continuing further on in that space to kind of have that representation and have that kind of coach right there working with her, you know, through, throughout. I'm sure that played a huge role into not only, you know, continuing your playing career, but as you said, kind of being an inspiration for the passion that you have and the involvement that you have in coaching as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, what a fitting day. It's National uh, Women and Gr Girls and Women in Sport Day today. Absolutely. Hooray. Great day. Yeah, um, but, you know, that's the tagline of the day is if you if you can see it, you can be it. Right. So mm -hmm. growing up, I never I never it never once crossed my mind that I couldn't be a coach or that that wasn't a possibility just because I was surrounded by so many um, empowering women in my life that were really, really strong and just could hang with anybody. I mean, I think uh, one thing that kind of I learned in this whole process is representation matters, whether you're talking about gender, race, whatever, you know, if, if you can have somebody to look up to that, that you can relate to, uh, it really helps kind of positively affect um, how you view what you're doing and how you view kind of what 
you know, what that end goal can be and kind of what, what you can get out of what you're doing as well. So, um, you know, definitely uh, we'll talk a little bit about what you're experiencing kind of on the flip side of that now as the coach, uh, as we get into your uh, coaching career, but let's talk about your time playing for the Gophers. So two NCAA tournaments, 2016 big 10 regular season and tournament champions, um, all big 10 second team, all region third team, a lot of accolades there, but uh, what do you remember most, or I guess look back on most fondly when you think about your time at the U. I, it's the people. It's always the people, right? Those are the best memories that you have. And um, my teammates are, are some of the best that I've, some of the best people I've ever met. And I'm really lucky that, you know, my classmates and I got along really well. We still stay in touch. You know, we're, we're getting on the wedding schedule. So everyone's getting married. Yep. So it's really yep. fun. Uh, I'm there too. To see, yeah. I'm getting to see everybody, um, you know, and just catch up every once in a while and have a bunch of fun. Um, but yeah, the people who are, are, are the best part. And so I think when I look back on my, on my days there, you know, for sure, we won lots of games and we had, uh, we played some, some really pretty soccer, uh, especially towards the end of my career there. Um, but it's always the people that, that make you smile and make you remember the best parts. Definitely. Uh, I always think of, I don't know if you ever watched the show, new girl. But when yeah. she's when she's trying to when she can't find the fridge handle because all the save the dates and the RSVPs are on the fridge, feel like yep. feel like I'm I'm getting there too. They're piling up. I feel like I get a new one every week in the mail. So I know, 2021 uh, is going to be the yeah, year. Ex- exactly, sure. exactly. Um, so off the field, you graduated in 2018 with a degree in physiology. Um, you know, looking at your future, you know, if you weren't coaching or if you ever do decide to kind of veer off the coaching path. What would you do? What, what kind of what would be your kind of alternate career path there? Yeah, that's a great question. I ask myself, you know, late at night when I can't sleep. <laughs> but um, in the physiology thing that came from, I really thought I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I actually have a minor in pharmacology. So oh, wow. if, if you really need to know the difference between ibuprofen and acetaminophen, I'm your girl. I, I can you. help out. All right. All right. That, Sounds good. I have your email. Though. So you may get an email from me. Say, so, hey, what do I do here? But um, yeah, so I thought I wanted to go in pharmacy, um, interned a little bit in one summer and I was just like, wow, I really like people and I really need to have a job where I'm around more people. And, you know, that, that summer going out of college, I didn't really know what I was doing. A couple of my buddies were like, hey, there's some girls teams that need a coach. What do you, what do you say? Like, you're not doing anything else. I was like, sure. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of spiraled into a four-year career that's kind of budding now which is yeah. uh which is interesting but I, I love it and um I'm not sure what I would do I think I'm I'm really passionate about um mental health and about making sure that people are safe and healthy and happy and um that's like the coolest part for me of being a coach is what a special way to make sure that we check in on kids is through mm. this sport yeah, like the vehicle the vehicle of soccer to have those conversations, you know, rather than just being like me saying, Hey, Jeremy, I noticed you weren't, you weren't looking good today. Like what's, what's up, man. I could say, Hey, Jeremy, I noticed you weren't communicating as much as you usually do on the field. What's going on. How's your day? What's up? Like that is such an easier door to walk through and have those conversations. Um, And it's also something cool because I get to see those kids all the time. Right. I see them every week especially these days where, where lots of stuff is virtual, I feel extremely lucky that I can see them all the time um, and just make sure that I'm checking in on them, making sure they know that they're cared about, making sure they know that I'm a resource if they need help. Um, so I think moving forward, I really want to keep exploring that um, 
tying, you know, mental health and making sure that, that coaches know how to react to those, those situations, um, mm -hmm. tying that to, to coaching, just because I think that we are, we know how to do a lot and we do know how to communicate and we do know how to read players. So we know what, when something's wrong, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if all of us know exactly how to fix it or who to go to, what resources are out there to, to help. So mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's definitely in my, my future is figuring out how to, how to bridge that gap. I'm going to look at my, I never played soccer, but, you know, looking at my time playing baseball and basketball and those other sports growing up, the coaches I really remember and that I still even communicate with on a somewhat regular basis are those ones that focused more on just developing the on-field or the on-court aspect of, of, of myself, uh, you know, focused a lot on like, hey, how are you doing? You know, let's have, let's, let's have talks and, and make sure that we're all, you know, uh, mentally okay and, and, you know, having those types of conversations too, you know, focusing more on the, on the person, not just the player. Um, you know, those are the coaches that I think people remember and, you know, similar to teachers and similar to other role models that people may have in their lives, you know, focusing more on the person, exactly. not just the student or the player or the whatever, um, you know, really, I think helps really help positively shape those individuals as people as they continue to grow too. So that's awesome. That awesome that you mentioned that because especially in youth sports, I feel like as a coach, I've never coached, but I feel like it'd be very easy in youth sports to get caught up in, okay, this person doesn't, you know, this person's catching the ball wrong on her, on her, you know, she's catching the ball wrong on her foot. You know, we need to focus on, on how she receives a pass or, you know, she can, she can do some help with this kind of focusing more on the on field because they are developing, but really taking the time and focusing more on, you know, how that individual is doing and the mental health aspect, you know, it's definitely, something that I think I've heard of it becoming more and more of a priority for coaches. And I definitely think that's a positive, positive thing moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think it's great that, you know, there's being more light shed on it. There's being more programs implemented, especially in the, in the collegiate realm, right. With, with bringing in sports psychologists and, you know, having those open and honest communication uh, around the subject. And I think the more of that, the better, because like you said, like, I think people play better if they are at peace, people yeah. play better if, if they yeah, are not worried about a bunch of other stuff going on in their head. You know what I mean? If you mm -hmm. can play with a clear, clear mind, you're going to play much better. So it's, you know, focusing on the player as a holistic being and making sure that they're, they're good humans. Like that's my number one goal when I coach is I, I want to create a good human that's also good at soccer. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. So. Absolutely. I think that's a great priority to have. Um, so now kind of moving into your coaching career here, you're, you're an assistant at McAllister College in St. Paul, uh, one, of your many, one of your many coaching positions that you hold. Um, how did you get involved with McAllister and, and what's that experience been like so far with them? Yeah, so right after I graduated, um, the assistant or sorry, she was the associate head coach for the U of M, uh, Crystal Seidel, took the head coach position at McAllister. Okay. And she was like, hey, do you want to come with me and coach my defenders? Cause she was my coach. Um, all four years we were running the back line. It was absolutely phenomenal working with her. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, of course I do. That sounds like a dream job. Um, so we've been there for, this would have been season three. So we've had season two in a COVID year. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been awesome. Uh, McAllister is a very unique community filled with, game changers like these people are literally going to change the world our, our women we get to work with every day are ridiculously smart unbelievably empathetic and they're just like those types of people that they they wake up every morning and they're saying how can we make this better 
Um, so it's been really empowering and really, ref really kind of refreshing being around a group of, of energetic women like that. Yeah. Um, and it's been an absolute joy to work for Crystal. Um, she, she is the best in the business. She knows exactly what she's doing. She cares deeply about her players, knows how to show it, knows how to hold standards. Like she, she's, she's the best in business and I'm really lucky I get to work with her. That's got to be such a vote of confidence and a real shot in the arm when, when one of your coaches kind of asks you to, you know, come coach with them or like thinks you would be a good coach. Like that's got to be Absolutely. such a good kind of starting point to have and kind of a boost into kind of going down that path. For sure. I, I was starstruck when she asked me, I was like, are you sure you, mm -hmm. you, you really want me to do this? <laughs> me, like, you me. Sure? There's nobody behind me, right? It's, it's me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, she, she has been, from day one, you know, when I was a, a little 18 year old, actually, I've known her since I was 16, you know, when she was recruiting me. Um, mm -hmm. And since then, she's always been a champion of, of me and trying to make sure that I, I know my worth and I know my value and constantly pushing me to be better and to improve. Um, super supportive in all my decisions. You know, I, I wear four different hats and I'm like, I'm going to be splitting time a lot, but I hope that's yep. okay. And she's like, nope go explore, go figure out That's awesome. what, what works and learn, learn a bunch, come back and teach us here. So. Yeah. I mean, the more hats you can wear and kind of the more, the more levels and aspects of soccer you can kind of coach in and immerse yourself in. I mean, it only just make you a better all around and overall coach, you know, moving forward, I would have to think. I hope one would hope <laughs> but that, that actually began, you know, I used to work for a Blaine soccer club and I had four teams one summer and it was wow. a lot. Yeah, But it was also, I grew so much that summer because I had four different teams, four different age groups, and they were all different levels. So being able to, to walk into a night of training and shift the session just a little bit one way or the other to tweak it to make sure that it was age appropriate and level appropriate, like that was really difficult for a while there. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've, I've definitely gotten the hang of it a little bit more now, but like what an awesome way to learn. You know, sometimes yeah. you really just got to, trial by fire, just jump in and, and immerse yourself, get really sunburnt, you know, just <laughs> be on the field, exactly. be on the field all the time and just learn. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm still doing that. I've diversified that palette a little bit more with, you know, all the different teams I do have now, but I still, it's so much fun just because I work with my youngest team is, is U 13 girls. And mm -hmm. my oldest team is, either college women or, or city men. Right. So yeah. it's a whole age range and a whole lots of different levels. So it's very fun. We'll get into a few of your other specific roles here in a second, but, but just to kind of summarize it. So you work in, you work in college, you work in semi-pro with Minneapolis city, and then you work at the youth development level with Tonka fusion and or, or fusion Academy and Tonka fusion elite. What's the one constant, or I guess there might be a few constants, but what's the main constant that you've seen in terms of coaching at all those different levels? What's the one thing that just seems to be the same out of all of them? On field or off field? Both. On the field, everybody needs to receive across their body. And I literally, that's probably, you should write that on my epitaph is <laughs> receive across your body. Yeah. Um, just, it just makes life easier and it's hilarious that you know the little 12 year olds do it and the 25 year old men still do it mm -hmm. um so that's definitely one of those things that just is my little pet peeve 
Uh, and I'm sure a bunch of coaches just nodded in agreement of like, yep, we know. We've been there. <laughs> the coaches listening are like, preach, preach, Tori. <laughs> or they're like, she's an idiot. Why does that matter? <laughs> Whatever. But um, the other thing I, I really see too is just, I care a lot about respect. And I think the first thing you need to respect is yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if I make a mistake, I can be the player that puts my head down and is like, oh God, I'm just, I sucked today. That was terrible. Or I can say, that was bad. Let me go win the ball back and let's fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that respect of knowing that you, it's okay to make a mistake. It's, it's how you respond. Right. So the, mm-hmm. the respect for yourself and that response level, it varies throughout all the, all the ages and all the, the different people I work with but it's still something we need, need to constantly work on. Um, yeah. I probably see it a little bit more at the youth level, especially with yeah. like middle school age girls. That's, that's not an easy time for your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even, you know, even college women, there's still days, you know, that are, are really hard and you just don't have it that day. And so mm-hmm. teaching players, how, how, what is your response after a mistake? What is your response when things don't mm-hmm. go well? And again, that, that ties right back into what we're talking about making making good humans right like life's not going to go your way sometimes like do you put your head down and quit or do you look up see if you can right your wrongs and see how we can fix it and make it better next time talked about working with you know 25 year old men uh that would be minneapolis city you recently accepted an assistant coaching position there with the crows excuse me um how did this all come together how did you get involved with city how you know how did you come to be you know one of the first female head coaches in the npsl north Assistant coach. Don't, Assistant I did not coach. take Sorry, that yeah, job female, quite yeah. yet. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, so I first, I, I came over to Fusion this summer. Um, I've known those, those people for a while. I've known Allie for two years. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, you need to meet Matt. You just need to come hang out. And so I was coaching some summer camps um, with Matt and some of the city boys this summer. Um, and I guess they liked me. They liked my session. Uh, Matt, Matt came up to me afterwards and was just like, Hey, I want to talk to you. Like, what have you got going on this spring and summer? What do you think about this? And I thought, again, it was one of those, like, I looked around me. I was like, me, are you, are you sure? (laughs) Um, and yeah, from there, you know, I just spoke with him and Adam a lot and was just really clear about, about what I can bring to the table and if that was what they actually wanted. And we agreed that yes, we, we both, can help each other out and yeah so we've we started that in started sessions in december got shut or november got shut down a little bit uh obviously mm. over december and we've been training consistently for the past five weeks wow well tori i can't imagine why they liked you i mean this conversation has not been fun or exciting at all so or, or insightful <laughs> at all so uh, I can't really pinpoint that. I, I'm, I'm kidding. It's pretty obvious. But uh, um, how much have you been involved with the Crows since accepting the position? Because, you know, we're kind of in, still in kind of COVID times and they do have a lot of, of processes and new things that they're putting in place moving forward, including the women's side, which we will get into in a second. But well, how much have you been involved in their process since and what's sort of the plan for you within that role as we head further into 2021? Yeah, so we've been, again, COVID world is, is strange. But every week we, we jump on a Zoom call and we hash out what the training plan is going to look like. Um, I've had a couple pieces added in of like my own sessions that are, you know, different, different pieces of the activities. Um, 
so that's been really cool. And I, I'm really thankful that I work with people that, that value my voice and, and yeah. allow me to, to find my own voice too, with the team, you know, the mm-hmm. couple, the first couple of weeks, you know, I was just feeling it out, seeing what was going on last couple of weeks. I've been in charge of, of one team when we go play 11 or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of focusing a bit more on the, on the defending side of things, just because that's mm-hmm. kind of my bread and butter as a, as a, I was a center back, you know, in college and with McAllister, that's, that's one of my main roles too, is working with the defenders. So it's been really cool, like working with, with people who, like I said, value my input and, and ask me questions. Um, the players, I think, are getting a little more used to me now too. They're, they're asking yeah. questions too, which is always a, a good sign and that makes me happy. Um, moving forward, I think, you know, I am technically the, the second assistant. So I work with Matt and Adam primarily with, with the NPSL team. And for me, I think, again, probably my, my biggest focus is going to be defending um, and just making sure that our press as a whole is, is on because yeah. when it's on, it's really pretty. When it's yeah. not, it's a little scary. So <laughs> making, making sure that we are just all on the same page there. And um, as, as assistant coaches, we get the fun job of, of being kind of more friendly with the, with the team and getting to know mm-hmm. them and getting to make sure that, again, we're, we're connecting on that human level off the field, making sure that, that they're okay, making sure that everything's going well for them. Um, so I'm just looking forward to, to knowing, to getting to know these guys better um, and, and figuring out how, how to defend the best way to, to really make it difficult for teams uh, that we anybody, play against. Yeah, definitely. And anybody who follows Minneapolis City has seen over the last few days, they've been announcing more players that are coming back or will be joining the team in 2021. What does the player acquisition process look like, you know, at this division uh, in the soccer pyramid? Is it just like coach text player, hey, you in for this year? And they say yes, or like, because I'm, I'm assuming you've been at least a little bit involved in that process being the second assistant. So give us a little insight in terms of what that's like bringing people back or bringing people on board to the club. Yeah. So we have like 40 guys right now um, in training. And so that's okay. Minneapolis city one and Minneapolis city two. So our U23 team is just joining in with us. Um, get more numbers at training, you know, just kind of grow that collective group and also really evaluate, you know, where is that line who gets to mm. make the NPSL team and who, who does not. Yeah. Um, so player acquisition, you know, we are really lucky that, that a lot of players come back to us. And yeah. that is a testament to what Matt and Adam and the staff has built. Um, that is a testament to the fans and everything. I mean, everyone on this podcast probably knows City. Uh, yeah. they, we do it very well. And so we're mm-hmm. really lucky that players come back. Um, so it's not a lot of, we're not really searching for a lot of players these days. We have a lot of really, really good people. And so now it's just more of figuring out who's going to be in town, right? Like who is where. Yeah. <laughs> and then what what do you want to do this summer right like mm-hmm. do you really do you want to be on this team do you want to work your butt off and and come and learn a lot with us or do you want to take it a little bit more a more of a chill summer and <laughs> just having those conversations with with players and moving forward uh now former fellow assistant Allie Lipscher just took a job as the goalkeepers coach for Kansas City's NWSL squad um, so she didn't get to spend much time with the Crows, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, how did you find out about that? And, and what was your reaction to the news? Because that, that's pretty big that somebody, you know, on Minneapolis Huge. City staff would take such a prominent role like that or would it, would, would you know, be offered such a prominent role like that. Yeah. Allie and I have known each other for almost three years. 
Um, and we worked together probably 20 hours a week, like for the mm. past six months, because uh, we worked together at Fusion and Talk Fusion Elite um, and then City. So we were like carpooling all the time together. It was awesome. So, you know, we're coaching the U12s. She's really quiet. I'm like, what is going on with you? Walk into the car. She's like, I got to tell you something. I'm leaving in two weeks. I was like, no, why? <laughs> What's going on? And then she told me, you know, okay, well, I'm going down to Kansas City. And then I literally did like a victory lap around the parking yeah. lot. Cause I was so excited for her. Yeah, Cause this is absolutely. like her dream. Like there's mm-hmm. only nine goalkeeper coaches in the entire NWSL and she's one yeah. of them. Like that is just, I'm so, so happy for her. Um, it, it's sad, obviously, like the, the whole state of Minnesota is really missing her because she yeah. was feeling, again, we both have lots of hats. We were both um, working with lots of people. So, so a lot of people are feeling her, her void now, but I also, she's going to absolutely crush it. And, and yeah. what a special opportunity for her. Um, and now we're all Kansas City fans, obviously. Yep. Only, for, On only for NWSL. Obviously, yep. we don't cheer for sporting, but yeah. <laughs> until we get a pro women's soccer team here in Minnesota until that happens, which hopefully is sooner. Rather until than later. then. Yeah. Um, so what, do, I guess, what does that say about Minneapolis city uh, and their presence in, in just the soccer, the soccer landscape uh, in general, that a coach of her caliber, you're talking about NWSL caliber and then a coach of your caliber with your playing, with your playing pedigree, you know, would pursue the options to coach in the fourth division of the American soccer pyramid for an NPSL club, you know, but, it, but it's also Minneapolis city, right? So like, what does that say about city that, that, that they're able to bring in not only coaches of this caliber, but also, you know, the top, obviously the top available players, um, you know, in that realm too. Right. I think, I think this is, there's kind of two pieces of this. I think the first one is again, city does things the right way. They have built an amazing brand that attracts a lot of different people. Like mm-hmm. I first heard of city as a fan went to a few games in 2019 you know never in my wildest dreams would I think I'd be on the other side um this season but that is the that is what city is all about is you know building something that people want to be a part of um Mm -hmm. and so when when Matt approached Allie and I we're like oh my god that sounds amazing and Mm -hmm. we get cool coaches gear like say less say less (laughs) um so I think that was a really big piece is just city does things the right way um I think the other piece of this though also is there's not a lot of women's soccer in Minnesota Mm -hmm. you know like there are a few WPSL teams but they only really run in the summer most of them are not paid jobs um Mm -hmm. and again like just there's just not a lot of opportunity for women in in the state so I think Mm -hmm. that it's it's a, a little bit of a dual piece of that of yes city is awesome but also like that was the next step in terms of like, Allie's already, look at Allie. She already has the D1 goalkeeping position, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next step for her in the state? Yeah. Working with better players. So there you go, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think it's, it's kind of a, a, double, a double-edged sword like that. Um, but it's also, you know, what a, what a cool opportunity to be in that space and to, have, to work with people who are willing to you know, kind of go against the status quo a little bit, right? Like we, there's a reason Allie and I made headlines, which again, hopefully that's the last time we, we have to talk about those headlines because that should be now the norm and yeah, it should. moving forward towards, towards just hiring the best coaches you can find, right? No matter their mm-hmm. gender or their race. Um, 
but again, it's just, it, it speaks to how, how awesome the people are at city and, and just all everything that they've built um, thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of take this conversation down a path that I didn't prep for, but uh, talking about like the NWSL or, or pro soccer's potential in the state of Minnesota, right? Or pro women's soccer's potential in the state of Minnesota. You, know, you, have, you have NISA and the UWS coming out with a sponsorship or coming out with a partnership now to bring kind of a second tier professional soccer to America. Um, I don't see any reason why Minnesota wouldn't be a, uh, a, uh, an appealing expansion area for the NWSL. Um, in your opinion, what, what do you think it, it's going to take for, for those continued opportunities to coach women's soccer to, uh, to, you know, increase kind of move up and, and for one of those kind of pro leagues or pro teams uh, to, to make their way here to Minnesota on the women's side. I think that they're the, the fans are there. The energy is there. The mm-hmm. players are there. Right. But where's the money, right? It always yeah. comes back to money. Who's going to fund it. And, and, I think that there is also, if you find the right people, again, like look at look at Kansas City, right? There's, um, what's his face? Her name is Brittany Matthews. Who's her who's her fiance? Patrick Mahomes, that guy. Ha, yeah. playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. But like, mm-hmm. th- those are the people you need to find, right? Those mm-hmm. people that that care a lot about about sports, care a lot about women in sports, um, and just getting them involved and on board. Uh, women's soccer is going to explode this year. Mm-hmm. And this, yep. this decade, it's going to explode. And so whoever gets on that train early um, is going to be very smart, right? Like, look at those people that have invested in um, the new team in LA, right? Those are some mm-hmm. huge names coming through there. And, mm-hmm. like, lots of, lots of really, really smart and, and successful people are getting on board. So we just need to find those people in Minnesota. Um, but it's, it's there, right? Like, look at... The when the U.S. Women's National Team came after for their celebratory lap after winning the World Cup, nineteen thousand people at Allianz, right? Right. That yeah. was a, such a fun game, and there weren't yep. even Megan Rapinoe didn't even play. Alex Morgan didn't play, right? Like they weren't yep. there for those name brand players. They just showed up because mm-hmm. they wanted to watch good soccer. So mm-hmm. it's the energy and the fans and all of that is here. Uh, we mm-hmm. just need to figure out how to how to finance it and make sure that it's sustainable there are some people at the top in mls that may not want to hear this but if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the success of the u.s women's national team and their their continued success over the last three decades you don't have an mls and you don't have men's soccer's you know presence here in america so it's 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 more than time that that you know women's soccer obviously is continuing to ascend here here in the states from a from a league standpoint the nwsl is doing great great things but you know it's it's more than due time that that expansion sort of takes that next step and and we get we get pro women's soccer in more markets like Minnesota for sure. Can't wait. Um, so let's talk about your other two positions that you hold. I mean, we're, I feel like we've already talked about so many different coaching <laughs> positions, but uh, you're also involved with Fusion Soccer Academy and, and Tonka Fusion Elites. Uh, what's it been like working in that youth and developmental space, you know, in addition and, uh, you, know, in, you know, alongside your other positions? Yeah, I think that is a space that gives me that fuels that like passion and that purpose side. Right. I mean, we've talked a bit about the mental health piece and just making sure that, that people are okay. And I think that I'm really lucky because I get to be with, again, I'm with middle school girls and I'm with sophomores in high school right now. Mm -hmm. 
so like I'm not sure about you but those are not like super PG times in my life no no definitely not right like and it's it's hard and it's especially hard in this COVID year you know and so I'm just really lucky that I get to see a lot of the youth and um, make sure that that one, we're, I'm doing the best that I can to, to make sure that, that I'm, I'm helping as many people as I can. And two, it's just, it's really fun. Their kids are energetic. It's, it's mm. a good space for me to continue to learn and continue to, to hone in my skills of actually coaching, right? Because if, if, I can, if I can teach something to a 12-year-old, I can probably teach it also to a 25-year-old. Mm-hmm. So working on those and how to, how to really narrow down your coaching points and make sure that you're really succinct. Um, that's that's a really fun piece for me, for sure. Is there anything unexpected that you've been able to apply from you know coaching youth to coaching you know uh, at the level of Minneapolis City or McAllister or vice versa? Like, has there been any any applications either way that you didn't expect that you could take from one to the other? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think that 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 key of if you create a session and something's just not working well, right? Like, it just it's not, the players are not getting out what you want them to get out of it. Um, mm. Knowing how to fix it quickly and not completely derail the whole session and waste like 20 minutes is really mm. important. So either you take off a player or you open the space a little bit more, or you put the balls in from some other direction, like whatever it may be. Mm. Um, that's really important to know and to be able to do quickly. And mm. so that's something that I've learned for sure from, from the youth. Cause some, they, Sometimes if, if I'm not explaining it well enough or if, if something is really not going right, they are the ones that are going to struggle more with it than yeah. the college kids or, or the city men who are athletic and technical enough to be able to solve those problems. Yeah. So making sure that, that whatever sessions we're throwing out are, are working for younger groups and then being able to turn up the intensity when we go to the olders, like that's mm-hmm. really, really um, something I wasn't anticipating using as much. But mm-hmm. a lot of my teams follow the same patterns and we're, we're running not entirely the same sessions, but they kind of follow the same flow a little bit. Um, just so again, I can kind of check, guess and check uh, with the, the earlier, the younger groups and then really, really explode it when we get to the, to the older groups. When you're, when you're, uh, when you're yelling at some of the Minneapolis city players, not that you do that, but uh, do you ever, do you ever use your, your youth coaching as kind of leverage? Like, Hey, I have a 12 year old who does this better than you or <laughs> anything like that. Oh, I haven't needed to yet, but I will definitely keep that in my back pocket. Yeah, for sure. definitely, definitely, definitely use that. Or maybe motivation be like, Hey, yeah, talking to one of your youth players, be like, Hey, I coach, a, I coach a guy who's like 27 and you do this better than he does. So just keep this. Yeah, keep, just keep exactly. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> uh, kind of rounding out, rounding out the conversation here, what are, I guess, your future goals in coaching? Do you have specific benchmark aspirations that you want to, you want to reach and levels that you want to reach at the coaching realm or kind of what does the next five years look like for you? A great question. Um, I'm getting my, hopefully knock on wood, if I pass it, getting my C course this summer. Um, So that'll be good. Really excited to not have to travel for that. Uh, So that's awesome. This is the first C course I've held in Minnesota in, goodness I think it's like 10 years so that's really exciting again that shows that the level of coaching and the level of soccer in Minnesota is um getting better right Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't allow us to host a C course if they didn't believe that we were ready for it um so that's really exciting I think beyond that 
I just want to continue to feel challenged. Like when yeah. I feel that I'm going through the motions, something needs to change. And that's why I, I love, I love the balance and the diversity that I have in my teams right now, because I don't feel content at all. City is absolutely challenging me to, to think faster and to, to adapt to men's soccer, right? Which I've never coached before. So mm -hmm. that's been really challenging and really fun to figure out how, how do I transition those concepts that I know to be true into that space? Um, mm -hmm. McAllister is, is awesome. That's a really big culture building piece, right? Like that's mm -hmm. one of the things we have to focus on a lot of having a college team. You really have to figure out how to, to mend four classes of really, really different people together to make yeah. a good team. Um, the 16 year olds, that's a really fun challenge because they, a big piece of them now is how do we get them if they want to go to college how do we find really good college fits for them mm -hmm. how are we getting them to showcases how are we preparing the team to make sure that we are showcasing everyone to the best of their ability mm -hmm. and then the littles you know this is their first year on an 11 v 11 field so that's mm -hmm. going back to the extreme basics of structure and positioning and um like literally just the very basics of how to play soccer so yeah. that's that's the cool part for me right now is I, I do feel challenged I do feel like I'm growing in a lot of different aspects of my coaching um mm. you know and hopefully that just continues to to grow into new opportunities I if you would have told me a year ago that I would have these four jobs I would I knew Mac because I was there but these other three are all you know, within this year have been added to my plate. So I'm mm -hmm. extremely fortunate and lucky to know really good people who, who look out for me and, and make sure that they um, are helping me out and just giving me good opportunities. So hopefully that, that streak continues. Well, coaching is one of those one of those uh, jobs and one of those industries, as we just saw with with Ali, as we just mentioned, it can take you anywhere at any time. So as long as we have you here in Minnesota, uh, Tori, Minnesota soccer at all levels is is uh, is better off for it. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk with us today on 10,000 pitches. Uh, Tori Burnett, Minneapolis City, McAllister College, Tonka Fusion Elites and Fusion Soccer Academy uh, coach. I think I messed some of that up, but that's OK. Uh, it sounded good. Tori, thank you so much again for taking the time to uh, to join us this week. This is a great conversation. I hope to, hope to do it again soon, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Just a great conversation with Tori Burnett. Cannot thank her enough again for taking some time to join 10,000 Pitches this week. Uh, Ethan's back here. I don't know if you asked Tori because I wasn't there for the interview, but I, I was recently watching uh, the Gopher soccer page and uh, – and I, they tweeted a video and I watched it and it was them like in their indoor facility. And yeah. on the back of the wall, there, there's a quote. Okay. Or there's like a, like a phrase and it says, the ball is the program. Did you ask, did you ask Tori what that meant? I did not. No, I did not. No, I didn't see. I, I'd, I think I'd seen that video, but I wasn't looking in too much detail at, at that portion of the video. So no, I didn't get a chance to ask her about that. Okay. Sorry. I don't know if she knows what that means, but like, I, I want to know what that means. So, okay. Maybe in a follow-up, we can do like a follow-up and we can talk about what, what that means. Yeah. We, we got to get to the bottom of what that means. <laughs> investigative journalism here. Yeah. The ball is the program. Like I like it. I just don't, I just want, I want some more context, but anyways, right. sounds good. I will investigate that on, on behalf of you, Ethan, and hopefully have an update for you next week. Okay. 
and the listeners, obviously. I'm sure. And the listeners, obviously, the listeners are on pins and needles, wondering what that means too. So that is the big cue. I will try to get to the bottom of it on behalf of you and the listeners. I can't make any promises, but but we should just tweet. We should just tweet at like Gopher Soccer or something. Okay, sounds sounds good. I'll I I, maybe I'll maybe I think they follow us. Maybe I'll send them a DM. Or no, don't we like? Don't we? Don't we? Haven't you interviewed their head coach? No, I've interviewed one of their assistants, Maya Hayes. So I could ask oh, her. Okay. Oh, we ask should ask Maya. Answer. We should tweet at Maya and be like, "Hey, Maya, context, oh, go." Just, no, she, see, she follows. She follows the. Uh, she follows the the show on Instagram, so we could or on on Twitter, so we can just DM her and just have that. You but know, I, I, that I, I think it would be so. Then that way we can bring the answers to the public on the show. We can we can get the information privately and then. And then you know, give our big unveil next week. I don't, I don't know, Jeremy, but okay. It's really okay. what it's what's going to get the people to listen in, Ethan. I promise you. I promise you. I, I don't know if anyone cares as much as I do, but anyway, yeah. Anyone does? No, the, I, yeah. I guarantee nobody cares as much as you do. Fair enough. All right, let's. Anyways, it's a wonder why anybody would want to uh, would want to sponsor this lovely podcast. But uh, the folks at Stimulus Athletic have uh, starting next week. You're going to hear um, ads for Stimulus Athletic. They're going to be the title sponsor of 10,000 pitches. So it'll officially be 10,000 pitches presented by Stimulus Athletic. Uh, had a great conversation with Jason this week, and uh, just our partnership with them since they helped us with the 10K kit has continued to grow, and uh, we're really looking forward to having them on as an official sponsor and official partner of 10,000 pitches. So um, again, can't thank them enough for their support. If you are a soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate Frisbee club, you're wondering, okay, who do we need to go through to uh, get our jerseys and get our team apparel done this year? Uh, Stimulus Athletics, where you need to go. Stimulusathletic.com, click the design tab or click that get started button and uh, they can help you out. Whether you have a design already or you're looking for somebody to design something for you, Stimulus Athletic can take care of all of it. So stimulusathletic.com and uh, you know Jason will uh, and the people there will take care of you for sure. And again, we're so grateful for Stimulus Athletic's support and uh, partnering with 10,000 Pitches. It's, it's awesome. And uh, really looking forward to seeing how this goes. We're, go- we're, we're corporate. We're, we're corporate, corporate now. now. Yeah, we sold out. We sold out. Like pretty soon I'll be showing up here uh in a with suit like with a receding hairline a briefcase in a suit. <laughs> um, yeah maybe maybe we'll wear suits next week to really show I, how corporate we are i assume that's what corporate is yeah, and like right. small talk by the water filter or the water the cooler water you know? cooler yeah yeah like, water cooler talk yeah or like like what is it like like hey tom what's going on he's like living the dream living the dream yeah another day in paradise right another day yeah like we're working hard or hardly working. And then you kind yeah. of like giggle. Yeah. I think I literally had a conversation with somebody at my job today uh, on the phone and we literally all of those cliches were said in the one conversation. So yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's we're, the thing. We're corporate now. So we're corporate now, absolutely. we got to start doing it. Yep. Um, not only is it a wonder why people would want to partner with this podcast. It's also a wonder why people would want to say nice things about this podcast, but plenty of you have. So thank you so much. Um, so now we're going to uh, introduce a new segment. You know how like Jimmy Kimmel has like mean tweets, you know, celebrities read mean tweets. This segment is called Ethan reads nice reviews. So Ethan, what's our, uh, what's our nice review this week? All right. So this is uh this is a five star. Um, it was left on 11 2020 and it is from Kai likes 
fishing. Love the name. Yep. So the the subject is amazing. And the rest of the review reads, this is amazing. If we've learned anything from this from this episode, Ethan, this podcast is pretty amazing. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts exactly. There <laughs> is there is a um, I don't know, at least one, it looks like more one stars out here, but like they didn't leave like a review, it doesn't look like they just left us a star. Ah. I would like so to the read that who leave one. Us one stars. They don't, they don't have the spine or the backbone to tell us why they don't like us. Okay. I don't think you should say that. Cause like, <laughs> I, I don't know what, who knows what happened after that, but, um, but no, I, I really would like to know their thoughts specifically. You know, I would, um, I would like to get some, if you don't like the podcast, that's fine, but tell us why give us some constructive feedback. Give us something to work with. Don't just leave a one star and move on with your life. Like there, there's ample criticisms of this pod. Like yes, ample. Yes, a lot, and a, a lot of it's fair. Like a lot of it is fair. Hundred percent. Um, I would just like to hear it from, from them. But anyways, that's yeah. not the segment. We we don't get me wrong. We love the five star reviews. Obviously, they do wonders for the podcast. But I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like you know try to like incentivize. Oh yeah, we want like fake five star reviews. Like no, like if you don't like the podcast, tell us. Tell us why. Maybe leave us a three star instead of a one star, you know, give us that wiggle room maybe a little bit, but at least tell us why you're dissatisfied with this wonderful content that we're putting out each week. Yeah. The one hurts. The one hurts. I'm not too worried um, about it, but it hurt. If it but, hurts Ethan, then, then, you know, it hurts me. Uh, right, now that we're it? turning corporate though, like we probably will start selling out and ask and like, start like, you know, artificial numbers in our ratings because we're corporate. So. You're saying we should cook the books? I'm. Adding, we're corporate. That's what. That's what corporate does. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess. I guess. I guess we could. I guess we could solicit uh, fake five star reviews if you wanted to. Not saying we would do that, but you know. But I am saying we're corporate. All right, hold on. Last thing. This is really bad podcast. But Ethan, turn the cam on. Turn the camera but- on. The, the audience can't turn their camera on. That's fine. That's like I said, it's a really bad podcast, so that's okay. I don't know if you can see in the background here. I got a kid's hoop. Yeah, you got the, the old little tykes. Yeah, a little tykes hoop. All right. How many? I got three balls here. How many are going to make? Zero, one, two, or three? Zero. Oh, oh, no faith. I think the rim's about to fall off, so we'll see. One. Okay. Two. Okay. Ah, two. You were wrong. I was... That front one, front iron uh, fatigue set in. All right. Thank you for listening. And if you've gotten this far, I I don't know why you did, but thanks. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Thank you so much, Uh, Jeremy. Thanks for letting me come back on. Uh, Once again, you know, thanks for spam. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Stimulus. Uh, You know, we wouldn't be here without you. Same with you listeners. Thank you guys. Yeah. Catch you next week. See you.